The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. The bulls are looking for a reset as we kick off the month of March. Futures, though, have lost some gains. China PMI comes in hot. Best manufacturing number in over a decade. And German CPI is hot. Yields are higher today. Our roadmap begins with the first trading day of March. Dow and S&P coming off their second negative month in three. It is Tesla's investor day. This is Elon Musk lays out his long-term vision. The stock, by the way, up almost 70% year to date. We'll also round up another busy morning of retail reports. We've got Lowe's, Dollar Tree, Kohl's, Ross, a lot more. Let's begin with the markets, though, as we kick off this new month of trading, Jim. Uh, certainly, uh, the yield picture is not offering any new relief with the flip no. of the calendar. No, it, it's I did a piece last night just talking about how frustrating this market's become. Look, everybody's fine. Then rates tick up, and everything you wanted to do, everything you were thinking about, everything that's reported is now muted. So yesterday, a great example, Brian Cornell did an amazing job on Target. I thought that was just a fantastic quarter. He's really managed to get the inventories clean. It really looks like they've got a, a very good track for 2023, and the stock's at four. And then it finishes up a one because the interest rate, interest rate fluctuations. We are so gripped in a macro. David said something yesterday that I thought was brilliant, which there's, relax, um, which is that there's absolutely no humans playing. It's all machines. The algorithms, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's been the case for a while. You know, I was looking back, I t- obviously, my notes every day, and I was looking at how many times I had written down about things that are attached to Mike Wilson. There's basically like a, you know, people, they, 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 they attach... Right. An algorithm to him. No, they're, they're generating Mike Wilson. Yeah. And, and I mean, people think we're kidding. that's what goes oh, on. No, I'm not kidding. kidding. I had it not. in here like three different times. Two, you know, people telling me, oh, yeah, it's the Mike Wilson algorithm. But this is absurd. I mean, we have a real market, okay, with real stocks of real companies. And they are being revalued. I know waiting machine voting. Forget that. They're being revalued every six or seven minutes. And I think that that's so treacherous. You just have to let it play its course. You can't make, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was going back and forth with Target about how great Target was, only to see Target go down. Because Target, the stock, has absolutely nothing to do with Target, the company. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing to me. How is that possible? Now, we're going to dive into a bunch of the other retail names uh, with their reports and guidance. Not all good, to be sure. Uh, but- oh, no, no, they're ones that aren't. Yeah. Hey, boy, the hate one for Dollar Tree versus the raw stores, which I thought was terrible and everybody loved it. I mean, at one point they said we have, someone asked about stealing. They said, we have cars in front of the stores. It's like, you know, like, yeah, you know, we got cars. Oh, good. TJ doesn't have, we've got cars. I mean, is that, that's where we are right now. You've talked a lot about what they call shrinkage in the retail industry, which really is another way of saying stealing. Well, yeah, Um, because shrinkage is what? That's uh, George. Yeah, that is George. Right. Uh, And that has become a, a huge issue since the pandemic, really, and yeah, continues. Well, you know, Chicago, they had an interesting election. You usually don't talk politics, but, you know, 
uh, anti-crime people, anti-crime in San Francisco. A lot of this has to do with the fact that when you go to a store, like I told Brian Cornell, I was at uh, the Mission District Target, and there was a, um, they did one of these things where it was a group steal, where there was someone who was causing problems at the register, and that was a chance for everyone to break. And I, I said, do you mind if I pay? To the cash yeah. Just, it'd be no, cool. I mean, great Becky asked Cornell about uh, about it. He yes. said it's material to the quarters, but uh, the bigger story is safety to his staff and I customers. I know. He's right. Right. What, what happened when I said this? He goes, I'm not going to let those those cashiers be put in harm's way. I said, but the guy in front of me took this giant thing of cranberry juice. I also had cranberry juice. I had a smaller one. I paid. He didn't. Uh, by the way, I feel the same way getting on the New York subway. I can't even tell you how many people just jump the turnstiles all the Did time. Really? There's just lawlessness out Why there Why don't you everywhere. get the New Jersey affinity card? How about those motorcycles driving in the bike lane? I mean, what what is that? No, and then they go through red lights. That's, there's nothing There's lawlessness that everywhere. Crime in New York is down no, year on year. That is not crime. That is just jumping the turnstiles uh, no, no, and going through red you, lights. David, you were talking about some sort of emotional epiphany. I'm talking about earnings per share. Understood. I just wanted to get that in there. You know me. Well, I just tar- can't you know, help it. TJX was willing to admit, even though they have undercover agents there, typically they wear Mets shirts and are eating potato chips. Uh, but they, they admitted to having uh, a problem. No one else did. Well, we've talked many times about it. You go into your local CVS or your local drugstore, and everything's under lock and key. Target doesn't do that. You know who does the least is Walmart. They have very little lock right. and key. What did you make of some of the inventory numbers here? Lowe's inventory um, Five two prior quarter eighteen seven. They're clearing some of this out. Even I, Urban uh, I th- mentioned some of this. I think that people have to understand that Marvin Ellison is running this company, this Lowe's, uh, in a way that I've not seen Lowe's run. Uh, remember, it was bad for Lowe's. Marvin's been there for a while now, but you know, Lowe's has got. They're not supposed to have any real professionals. That remember, that's the thing. They have do-it-yourselfers. They had fabulous professional numbers. I, by the way, Home Depot was not really as bad. You know, Home Depot tried to making so that the year was reset. But I thought that Marvin, once again, just delivered entirely, doesn't get enough credit, just a fantastic quarter. They see comps of minus 0.7, they think it's bad. No, they had they had uh, do-it-yourself discretionary spending, pulling back a little during the holiday, but then demand improved each month of the quarter. And pro sales were up 10%, David, in the fourth quarter. 10% for pro. That's not where the pros go. How does it compare to what we heard from Home Depot last week? Well, they, I think they took pro. I think they took some pro. You think they took share? I really do. The, I really do. In the contractor business, essentially, is what I we're talking about? I think they did. I think that the only reason why the numbers weren't blowout was because they lost 300 basis points on, uh, on lumber deflation. Uh, it was a terrific quarter. And uh, they're improving uh, information technology, which, you remember, they had no systems at all. They were like, you know, when my father was selling gabardines at, at uh, Gimbel's, it's like, oh, we sold three pair. Let me, how'd you do over there with sweaters? No, I mean, I think it's just like, I think it's just a really good quarter. And I think that people have to recognize that spring comes and Marvin excels in spring. Excels. Our overall uh, market strategy, are you in the camp? I mean, speaking of Mike Wilson, that March is treacherous, no. last month of a quarter, Earnings get get they have come to religion. Well, I, I think we have to keep going. I mean, you know, when you're on a B and G Foods call, and they're talking about Green Giant, and they say well, the problem is inflation, inflation, inflation. You know, we're so we have to get a win here. I mean, I got to tell you, Jay's got to get a win. If Jay gets a win, then I think that that March is not going to be bad. But he's got no wins. I mean, nobody. Hubnanian yesterday. We are raising prices at will. 
home builder. Well, some of the jobless claims, some of the, those numbers yeah, might like have been a, considered a win, what, right? Uh, what, well, Carl? the Journal on Monday did a piece on falling rent. Today, they front a piece on falling online recruitment and ar- arguing that the labor market shows some well, exactly. Okay, so um, Dutch Bros, which came one that's a big a coffee company, Starbucks in the making. You had them on last night? Yeah, and they have... They were, they were having a hard time getting people to make coffee at their kiosk. Now they've been inundated with resumes, and it's no longer a problem to get people. I thought that was extraordinary. What an amazing change. It's big. In, three, in six months, now they're turning back people who want, you know, who want very much to work at Dutch Bros. All right, so isn't your buddy Jerome then getting a break? You just said he's not getting any breaks. There's a, he's getting something. On the labor front, that's important. That's what you've Not, been talking it's too about. Anecdotal. I need something that's bigger than anecdotal. Okay. Because when I do that, someone throws in front of me. Well, did you read Hubnanian? Agreed. It's it's one foot up, uh, four one foot back, which means I still think interest rates have to go for the. I don't know. Like I'll have this guy, uh, uh, Josh Ritchie. Okay, he's the Who? Dutch. What? Bro. He's oh. the CEO of Dutch Bros. All right, you'll have him and on. And six months ago, he's saying, I can't find anyone to work, okay? Yeah. Now he's rejecting people. Doesn't that mean that there's some progress? Yes, it does. But it's not counting. Interest rates are not doing what we think they should do. What? What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> do you think that Matthew McConaughey's worth 10 mil? Matthew McConaughey is worth mil. whatever the market will pay. Salesforce. He's a wonderful actor. I, I've been to dinner with him several times. He is a strategist. Okay. We are going to talk. What's his call? Does he agree with Mike Wilson? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There's no, is there an ETF for McConaughey yet? I don't know. There's nothing stapled to him yet. An algorithm has not been stapled to him. That's what people say. They've stapled an algorithm to Mike Wilson. I I imagine him walking around with an algorithm stapled to his back. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Salesforce in the next block. Can can we just say that Lowe's is better than Home Depot? Uh, let's get to Tesla. Elon Musk set to offer his vision later today at the company's Investor Day event. He's expected to unveil the third part of that master plan. Battery production slated to be a major focus. Maybe we'll hear about Mexico, uh, Jim, and whether this Model Y revamp, I guess the code name is Juniper. We'll get some details on that. Well, I've done a lot of business in Mexico, and your first rule is you never disagree with AMLO, who's the president. Whatever AMLO says, you do. AMLO wanted that plant in central South Mexico, not All far. Right. Yeah, well, he wanted, he didn't want it in the border. He wanted it to be near, I think, near Guanajuato, where GM's got its big Allison transmission plant. And instead, Musk said, listen, we're putting it right up. We're putting it where we want. He's amazing. He said, we'll put it where we want. He disagreed with AMLO, but, you know, he's going to invest the money, so AMLO conceded. And I've never seen AMLO roll over like that. Just roll over, because Musk, only Brett Taylor has not rolled over to Musk. Mm, yes, who fought him, obviously, yeah. as chairman of Twitter but, and succeeded in getting the full price, 5420. Just one more reason I like Musk is he's willing to tell the Mexican government, here's where I'm putting my plan. Because he is about creating great wealth. Question today is, what, are they going to introduce anything new to the conversation in terms of long-term goals, including perhaps a, a, a car that is priced below the $40,000 level or at least sort of seen as mass affordable? Well, he's trying to lower prices to drive out. Ooh, Justice Department, don't listen. Lower prices to drive out the other EV companies. He's going to be successful. That's quite a statement you just made. Well, I made quite a statement. He's going to be successful. Well, you can't compete with him. 
you can't compete with right, them. No, you have got to have such a, a huge cost yeah. advantage. Right. I mean, so you have to have as a nameplate, like the Ford F-150, the Lightning, that's the greatest selling truck of all time. So there they have, they have something that you can say, listen, I really want that. But otherwise, you can't compete with this. Although, a, lot, a lot of chatter today about uh, slowing adoption of EVs. Axios has a piece on gas prices down 6% year on year. Makes it stick a shock on EVs is there. I, I made a chart of uh, actually Adam Jonas in December revised his adoption uh, forecast lower because it's people are showing up at the lots and pricing these and saying, man, maybe not. I'll go another round with ice. You are dead right. I mean, I asked Mike Worth, the CEO of Chevron last night, about which was a more existential threat to Chevron. Elon Musk or the government, he kind of punted. But he did say we're going to have oil. Oil's going to be here for a very, very long time. He was a little, he, like he added a very. Yeah. What? I'm just trying to think about EV adoption. I'm just going back to what you said, which is like game over, like Musk wins. No, no, I mean, it depends on whether you have a compelling You need to explain play. to people. What, I mean, the margins on that car are well, far more significant than they are. underneath and you get the benefit. But it's because of... It's because of the basic production of it. It's so much Look, cheaper model, to put them together, the and there's hardly T. any moving parts. It's the Model T without the baggage, the uh, existential baggage that Henry Ford delivered to our great country. It's the Model T. You couldn't compete with the Model T. Meanwhile, Rivian's uh, have his recalls. They miss on production. They miss on delivery. They miss on revenue. Yeah, it's a suboptimal situation, uh, Rivian. Remember when Amazon said they buy every truck that Rivian makes? Well, if they make like 2,000 trucks, it's not a problem. When, remember when Rivian had more than a $100 billion market value? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, too. I remember us saying, that's odd. No, you said it. I did. You, you nailed that one. I did say that many times, yes. It was true. a Faber report. Got plenty wrong, but it I do remember. It was a Faber report. Was it? No, I don't think it was. No, it's just every day you, you try to get people out of Rivian. Well, <laughs> I don't, that's your job. I just comment on things that look a bit peculiar. Yeah. Including that it was trading at something like 100 times revenues. I'm the unit. If there were revenues. This is Falda. I'm the unit. Got it. Your first horizon. First horizon, the bank. Yeah. That's going to be down sharply because of those comments from TD. Did you see that? Yes, we're going to talk about that, actually. When we be back from commercial, I'm going right there with first horizon. No, no, we got other things to talk about. But when we get to the opening bell, we'll talk about that. How about that? Is that okay? You and I have to get, when the show comes back, we're going to talk about that. Okay. I like how we stack the show in real time. We're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. Just need to tell them. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, David's right. When we come back, we are going to talk some Salesforce ahead of the earnings tonight after the bell. Obviously, activist pressure. This piece in the t- in the journal yesterday about the Ohana family. Oh, yeah. Take a look at the pre-market. There's always members of the family that are black sheep. Uh, red to start the month. We're back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. 
Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. Uh, of course, a lot of investors will be focused on Salesforce earnings that will uh, come after the bell tonight, not just to see the financial progress that that company is making, um, but also because wondering whether, in fact, there will be anything associated with that that does uh, meet some of the hopes and dreams of the various activists who've been in this stock. It's a story we've been following for some time, of course, a long roster of activists, uh, led in part by Elliot, because when it comes to Elliot, as I've said, it appeared for a while that uh, they were at loggerheads and then for a while closer to a settlement. What I can tell you now is that Elliot has um, nominated a slate of directors oh, sh- really? for uh, Salesforce's board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, Elliot has nominated. Now, m- many people not may not be surprised at that. We've been talking about this as a possibility for quite some time. The nominating window, by the way, closes on the 14th of March, so still a couple of weeks from now. Uh, Unclear if it's two or three nominees, uh, likely to include Jesse Cohn, of course, who runs the activist practice uh, at Elliott. Not been able to find the names, though, and can't confirm, in fact, even that Cohn is a part of them, although that is expected by a number of people who at least are are close to the situation. But again, can't necessarily confirm that. Now, um, only about two weeks ago, I was reporting that the two sides seemed very close to a settlement. In fact, based on the reporting I had at the time, it appeared that they might get to one in the near term, even perhaps before earnings were released uh, later today. That's clearly not the case. Um, And the question then becomes, well, will Salesforce accompany its earnings release tonight with language that in some way meets uh, the hopes that uh, and the the ask that has been out there from any number of these um, activists Uh, started with Starboard Value, of course, and Jeff Smith in a CNBC Mm -hmm. interview last fall indicating, hey, this is a company that should be a lot more profitable than it is. But see these guys? Yes. And they're going to they're going to back Mark tooth and nail. They're going to just back him. Well, you know, to your point, there are three new directors who are being right. added today. Arnold Donald joins the board, Sanchin Mera and Mason Morfitt, of Mason course, Morfitt. from Value Act, an activist, have joined the board. It's 13 members, but it is very conceivable at this point that they will be facing a proxy fight. It doesn't mean that, that will happen. And again, I would point people to tonight's earnings release and whether or not we get language associated with it that perhaps details hopes, uh, Jim, that they do get to 30 to 35 percent margins as soon as possible is the hope of the activists here, Uh, because incremental margins become very significant when you cut costs. They have begun cutting costs. Mark Benioff has talked about a focus on margins ahead of revenue growth. That has been embraced by the activists. 
Um, and there is a hope that they don't backslide. So certainly we're going to focus on the earnings tonight, not just to see the report card on the progress the company's making, making in terms of its profitability, but whether it includes with that some of the things the, the, uh, the activists have been looking for. But this certainly brings up the prospect of a proxy fight in their future. Elliot would not have nominated if that was not a possibility. They do have a multi-billion dollar stake. That includes a lot of swaps and options. So Salesforce may tell you, well, they're not even near the closest share, largest shareholder of the activists in our stock because they don't own that much common. But this is the way they do it. And of course, if and when they needed to vote those shares, they could do so. How upset are they with Benioff? Oh my God, that's the equivalent of saying you got to step down. Why? We'll step up to a, a less, you know, to a Larry Ellison position. You know, it's because, uh, it, because it, it, they, I thought that they, had, I thought they had reached some sort of pocket Jim, Paris. Jim, I had, uh, I was, you know, again, I reported a, a couple of weeks back that they were very close to a settlement with naming a tough and lead director. I had, my understanding was at the time that there had, there sort of, there were two directors uh, potentially going to join the board and a number of different things the company was going to say to to settle with Elliot. Boy, I have they Mark didn't get Wentz. there. I have Mark uh, they tonight. didn't get there. And clearly, whomever these directors are that have been nominated by Elliot, they are not being met with um, well met by no. by Salesforce. No, by it was board. clearly saying, no, we're willing to fight. Now, could this be a Pelts Disney where you, you do the quarter? It, and it, yes, it could be a situation where perhaps Elliot sees language that they like tonight that accompanies this earnings report. Right. And they say, OK, we've done what we needed to. By the way, there has been an ongoing dialogue between Salesforce and Starboard, Salesforce and Third Point and Dan Loeb, uh, Salesforce and Elliott. That's been going on for weeks and weeks well, at Mark this point. Well, Mark has been very receptive. He, like, they like the product. Mark will say to you, hey, listen, I'm excited to talk to these people. Maybe they have good ideas. He's not in any way saying they have no good ideas. No. I mean, I, the way it's been characterized by me is good faith conversations. Yes. But it did seem to me more recently that those good faith conversations were going to lead to peace. That is clearly no longer the case. Um, where it leads is still unclear. You know, and to your point, in the past, you know, Elliot has not gone to a proxy fight no. with PayPal, but they ultimately got what they were after. They didn't go to a proxy fight with Pinterest, but they did get a board member. In fact, an Elliot uh, employee, Steinberg, is on the board of Pinterest. So you can have settlements that are non-settlements, so to speak, without a proxy fight. Well, you know, I'm kind of... Meanwhile, Holy what do cow. you think for Holy the numbers themselves? Do, quarter. do you have Even, any? Okay, so every company, whether it be uh, Workday, whether it be uh, whether it be Meta, the company, whether it be Monday.com, um, you know, just to use just in general, with Zoom, everybody that's cut as deep as Mark has cut, and everybody that's announced the buyback, and everybody who has accelerated, well, he's going to do 17, 18 percent growth, say, uh, he's going to announce, I think, that he's going to that we did 30 billion in sales. Anyone who has done that course has had a good quarter. Anyway. But the, the Times piece talks oh, less about what's been cut and more about what was bloated to begin with. Well, I mean, look, they added 60,000 people. They, uh, you know, they probably didn't need that, but how many people did Andy Jassy add? You know, Amazon, how many people did Ruth Porat add at Alphabet? And they're not being pilloried like Mark no, is. No, and they have significantly cut, to your point, they have, yes. you know, and he is focused on margins in a way that, again, this conversation really did start to give credit with Jeff Smith last fall on CNBC, saying, right. hey, this company's had amazing revenue growth and somehow it doesn't keep up with its well, peers. And Mark, to, when it totally comes to agree with what Jeff Smith recommended, 
It was very hard. I mean, he's, he's, look, he doesn't, he does. I mean, people were making fun of Ohana. You know what? Two years ago, it was like, hey, you know what? Mark has a family that he works with. Now it's like, oh, my God, he has a family? I mean, you, you can't have it. When the stock's flying, wow, family. You know, we are family, like the, you know, like the pirates. And now, like, when the stock's down, it's like, what is he doing with so family? So you're saying that, that culture was a strategic advantage it and was. now it's a disadvantage. It was a strategic advantage. Yeah. And I just find, look, the stock went to 300 and change, and it's now down to 164. But look at the charts of all the enterprise software companies. And a lot of those guys are doing exactly what Mark did, and they're heroic. Mark's not viewed as heroic. And then Matthew McConaughey, I mean, like, how much do people pay to have, like, some stupid name change at their company? (laughs) Which is like, you know, yeah, I'm naming this one, you know, Remark Industries. Famer spelled backward. (laughs) Ten million. Ten million. It's Matthew McConaughey. Remark. I like it. I like it. Ten million. I like it. Like, Matthew McConaughey's a bozo. He's, like, one of the smartest people I ever met. He's certainly smarter than most of the chat GPT people I meet. All right. Well, Salesforce after the bell, of course, we'll be keeping a very close eye on those numbers. Who hasn't won? Do you? Yes. You have Benny off tonight? Yes, I have Benny off. Yes. Well, let me just check. Yeah. <laughs> you can see if it's still true. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. Uh, one of the biggest prints of the week, at least. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this first day of March. Don't go anywhere. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash, give you an opening bell in a minute and a half. A tease. This is a meme stock. No, it's not AMC. It's Palantir on just now. Uh, this is a piece by D.A. Davidson, which talks about how they have, we expect generative AI and more off-the-shelf solutions to capture more growth. Note that we incorporated use of the generative AI tool. Now, here's what's interesting, David, about this piece. This neutral. Is it that they think that the off-the-shelf solutions will be good? Eh. Do they mention that Palo Alto is already doing it and they're, and they're being they're crushing this industry? No. What they say is this piece by Davidson is this was written by ChatGPT and fact-checked by D.A. Davidson. Amazing. It's finally happened. It's uh, finally it's, happened. This is, is not written by a human. This is a seismic uh, revolution already beginning in the way work is done in terms right. of the use of ChatGPT. And you can't emphasize enough how how basic this current version is versus what is yet to come and will come very soon. And writing code, it writes code, so you can, it can help productivity enormously. The question is, when do you make that switch from helping productivity to replacing I don't know. You know. A lot of the stories that come out, like let's say a company releases earnings at 6 o'clock. At 6.01, stories have That is GPT. But this is the first time I've ever seen but the fact is, is that this is a very well-written report that if you didn't know was written by a machine, you'd think it'd be written by you. It's amazing. It's amazing. This machine is thoughtful. And this isn't like me asking you why you, why do you love me like that guy did. No, it, it, we're just at the very beginning of something that we have to remain very much focused well, on. Well, let's say Chat GPT you're not its here, ability. like you're off in the morning. Yeah. Don't you think I could just imagine what you would say? You could. You could ask ChatGPT what I would say. I don't think it would know. 
I'm such a mystery. Well, I just think that we're there. Paul, we're there. People, they're better than we are. They're uh, better. Not yet, Jim. Why? This Palantir piece, you think a human could write it as well as this guy, this machine? Great piece uh, by B of A this week. We're going to generate more data in the next two days than all of the data created from the dawn of humanity to the year 2000 in the next two days. Well, then go by NVIDIA because they're the only machines that can do it. Well, that's the, the H100 the is the only one that can do it. The computing power that is needed to generate ChatGPT is enormous. Right. The cost is enormous. Yes. Um, the natural language lakes that you need to have created. Right. I mean, all of it. It, it, it. You know, it's not something that is easily replicated. But when you speak to NVIDIA about the H100, which is the machine that people do, that's the platform? Yes. I say, how many of these, what's the demand? They said, well, we're never going to be able to meet the demand because of that figure. Right. By the Can't way, you have th a company th never be able to meet demand. It's not cornflakes. Thanks to Bernstein, uh, despite Google trading down 17% over the last three weeks, uh, Google gained search engine share in February. That's unbelievable. I mean, because we've got a Microsoft piece today which says, you know, the revitalization of, revitalization of Bing, which I think is funny because it was never vitalized. How do you have a revitalization? It was never vitalized. Bing, oh, was, was, never vitalized. Bing was always bung or bung yeah. or it was not a bing. bing. It was a boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, yeah it, was it, like was, a, it was a nice club. No, but up. now it's bing. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's moving the Microsoft stock up substantially from when well, it reported that. It, no, this is going so, to, so I mean, quarter. this is going to change the whole parameters of search. I mean, when you can start asking much more specific questions. And if you know what you're looking for, ChatGPT will really help you in a well, way that it's not about where can I buy you know, a good bottle of wine nearby. you're a graphic artist and you can't do it as well as? You've been all over the Adobe because effect. that's where, yeah. it's Adobe that is the, the one that has, you would not be spending this amount of money that they want to spend on this property if they weren't worried. Adobe's work. You need to explain this, sorry. You oh, well, need you know, to the fill in the blanks trying there. To make the 20 Figma. Million. Yeah. Okay. They need that to compete against Canva, which is much less expensive. And when you combine Canva with ChatGPT, you can basically design anything by just talking to it. What had been unanticipated in the rise of generative AI or AI in general was the idea that it would first replace creative activities. Right. The sense had always been those would be the last things to be replaced. Uh, and in fact, it? it's gone the- Have you the, done a Matisse on it? No, Have I you? haven't, but it's gone in reverse. I mean, it'll be writing scripts, it already is. Uh, it conceivably could do basic newscasts. It can write research reports. And this is the earliest days. This thing, three months from now, is going to be a lot more powerful. Well, shouldn't we be scared? Three months out. Of course we should be scared. Okay. I mean, Did it take Pepsi I'll, down to buck seven? Those in the industry would argue it, it's this is a continuation of what's already been happening yes. for years. Yes. I know. I mean, that, and Jensen was telling me. I remember once when I announced to see Jensen, uh, he had this drawing of a, 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 of a space mission rocket landing on Mars. And he was just doing it in his spare time for fun. I knew that we were in trouble when you have someone doing it. But he's been saying over and over again, look, I've got these machines and someone's going to use them. Someone will use them. And no one was using them other than Mercedes. And then suddenly ChatGPT comes out, 150 million people see it uh, in 60 days. And next thing you know, he can't handle the orders. It was not a big thing six months ago. I'm glad you mentioned some chips really quick because uh, great piece in the Times yesterday about the Chips Act and some oh of the funding God, guidelines and yeah. how the administration's trying to cram in a bunch of disparate policies into this one mechanism. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, 
to defend the administration on this one, you could say that they're saying if there are extreme profits, they have to be shared. But the the way that the articles read that it was like a windfall tax, we're going to take some of your profit, we're going to share in your good fortune because we gave you a lot of money. I mean, that's, did they do that at Taiwan? No. Remember, the big issue here with the, with the Chips Act is: Are they going to give us? Are we going to build seven nanometer and eight, and they're going to and they're going to build two nanometer? And, and who's really going to? Will Nvidia want to be involved? Why you just make it a Taiwan semi? It's cheaper, right? We're really the highest cost, so they have to give us the subsidies. But if they give the subsidies and then they want to share, do you think that Hock Tan at Broadcom is going to share? No. Right. And that's what we want made. All good points. And where's the workforce going to come? Everything's built in Ohio these days. <laughs> Ohio's Ohio. Gonna, what's Ohio? Well, no, Arizona's going to have a potentially a very large oh, yeah. TSMC. Yeah. There's not enough people in Arizona either. There's no, not enough people anywhere. Not enough. Not enough people. We're well, not, yeah, we don't. We're not have, letting enough well, in. Not enough immigration. Have, that's why we have ChatGPT, because we don't need people. We can we take all those people who push paper, replace them, and we have them go and be in you. a fab in Ohio. Eventually, but first they're coming for the creative types, it seems. They're gun informed? They are. ChatGPT is. You make it sound like it's some sort of like <laughs> vast conspiracy. First I they mean, came for the creative. This, this is the and end, then man. They came for the... It's a new beginning, too, but it may not include us. Speak for yourself. <laughs> On that dark note, um, <laughs> Caterpillar is helping to lead the Dow Jones. Speaking I of labor force, they do have a tentative six year deal, uh, maybe fending off a strike. Yeah, Caterpillar, like, people don't understand Caterpillar. They're going to be the biggest winner from the Inflation Reduction Act because you're gonna, they're going to have to buy cat. Now, the, the analysts have been, just like they were for Procter & Gamble till today, the analysts don't understand that Caterpillar basically has its orders made up till 2026. Like, no one cares. They're like, well, we're worried. The costs are coming down. Umpleby's doing an amazing job. The stock can't get out of its own way because David, the purported head and shoulders, mm. which I know you're focused on. I you think Caterpillar's that. an amazing stock. Now, by the way, 3M, which I've been critical of, they want a very big, they got the Pentagon to say that, be careful, a lot of these lawsuits, about combat arms lawsuits about hearing loss, yep. that not a lot, not all of these people have had hearing loss. So I think 3M is going to be a very big today. Um, we mentioned First Horizon earlier, Jim. We should actually tell people the news the here. The fine print this is, is so hard to this read. This is a David. large bank, and it was it's in a deal to be acquired by TD. Um, uh, it's uh, 25 bucks a share, uh, additional 65 cents per share of common stock on an annualized basis as well uh, for the period from November 27th through the day immediately prior to closing. You can see what's happening to the stock, though. Why? Well, uh, in a filing, um, TD said... You know, they'd already agreed to extend the date of the merger agreement to May 27th of this year. But now they're saying they recently informed First Horizon that they don't expect the necessary regulatory approvals are going to be received in time to complete the pending merger by that date of May 27th. And therefore, they can't provide a new projected closing at this time. What does that mean? Well, it certainly got a lot of people worried. Is it about a price cut that they'd like? Unclear for its part. UBS's special situation desk says they don't think it's about a price cut uh, as much as they s- unclear exactly what it's about. Um, but a mutually agreed extension could be an outcome here, but you also could have one in which they just say, 
See you later. It's, I think this that's is outrageous. months you, away, and they're already look, saying we're not going to meet months no away. There's no increase in bad loans whatsoever. The bank is still being run very well. Brian Jordan is doing a terrific job. There's not a single hair on that quarter. And they have, they're going to walk away from we the deal? Well, they don't seem to know when they're going to get approved. Well, who, is it? who is it? The comptroller? Who's blocking it? I don't know. Honestly, it's just even, a plain vanilla deal, you. for heaven's sake. I don't know. Yeah. Stock trading down to 19 at one point. I think the deal gets done. Or, or um, uh, Brian was willing to accept the deal, Brian Jordan. Obviously, the point is either side can uh, can uh, unilaterally elect to terminate uh, after that. I would day. say the stock should be at 20 without without. Being. Really? They Yeah, they say well, they, uh, UBS they, says uh, price-driven break uh, price-driven break price is 15. Multiple base price, uh, break price is 17. It's way too negative. Look, the bank stocks have had a major move here. It, it doesn't take into account that at all. Um, by the way, TD did complete its acquisition of Cowan. Our friend Jeffrey Solomon. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. That's done. But I just think First Horizon is a very good bank. And if they really are for sale, well, I don't know. They don't allow a lot of mergers anymore, David. No. You know? Not like the old days. Mergers are tough to come by. Yes, Big ones. Sure. Yeah. Uh, David mentions price cuts. We got a price cut in the price of insulin out of Lilly today. How do you which like not that? Mentioned. It, they certainly were one step ahead of the uh, of the posse when it came to that yeah. because that is the most visible uh, on Washington. Insulin is the most visible issue because the prices are so outrageous. The fact that Lilly is is you know Lilly's been down pretty much in a straight line from 375 since the end of last uh, quarter. The drug stocks have been horrendous. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Lilly has got a. In the spring, we're going to hear about dementia, um, Alzheimer's. It's, to me, it's, my sources say it's good, but Lilly won't confirm anything. It's Mungarno that matters, which is the weight loss drug, same as Wagovi. And they're going to have um, not, they, they should get approval in the spring to be able to use it as weight loss. They don't have it now. And people keep thinking that doctors are going to prescribe it without. You have to be careful because some, a lot of doctors are pretty. Uh, Lilly will also expand the monthly cap for out-of-pocket uh, $35 currently. I think that Dave Ricks is the real deal. While we're in the neighborhood, um, did you have a, a take on Novavax and what happened I've been here? saying the thing was not phony, but worthless for a very long time uh, and refused that. You know, I didn't want him on the show. Uh, I just didn't because I think that they've been very promotional. Whoa. Well, not promotional today. Mm. Going concern. Yeah. Is that, well, I, don't, I, I didn't yeah. see the news, Indeed. so there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're promotional. In a, in a field, by the way, where you come on and you're promotional and you say that you have a vaccine that's as good as Pfizer's uh, or as good as what Bancel has at Moderna, you better back it up with facts. And they did not back it up. It's like not as bad as Emergent Bio, which told me that they're making things great for J&J. And that didn't work out. But no, no. you can't be in the, the companies that can't produce. That's a good point. What do you got there? Well said. I was going to take a look at Goldman Sachs after yesterday. It was oh, down. Man. It was down way more than the group yesterday uh, during its investor day. Those shares uh, gaining back a bit of ground this morning. Uh, obviously, David Solomon, a guest on our air prior to that investor day, Andrew Sorkin uh, interviewing him and indicating their focus is certainly on wealth management, asset management, and not on consumer banking any longer. Uh, take a listen. When we laid out our plan three years ago, we talked about a number of avenues for growth and opportunity. And I think it's absolutely fair that our execution around the consumer platforms hasn't been to the standard we'd like it to be. There's still opportunity for us. We have some interesting platforms where we've built good technology and have good partners, and we're working to improve the performance of those platforms. But the real story of opportunity for growth for us in the coming years is around asset management and wealth management.
Jim, you know, a, a clearly a negative response. Didn't get any better as the day went on. Well, look, one, exactly one year ago tomorrow, they bought Green Sky, which was low-impact loans to accelerate strategy, develop higher, more durable returns. These were loans for home improvement. Yes. One year ago. And already it's wrong? They, contractor yeah. loans. Contractor right? loans, yeah. yeah. 10000 I mean, David, can you buy a thing for $2 billion, $2.2 billion, and then literally one year later decide that, well, that was a bad idea? Of course. Well, but um, I you remember, can. I think, you can. I think Time Warner bought something and about a year later. It was Goldman like, you know, this, this AOL we bought for 150 this, billion. This didn't work very well. This is well. the Goldman Sachs, vice David. versa. Understood. It's the Goldman Sachs. It is the Goldman Sachs. Now, yes. do you think it all started when Omar Ishmael, who was running the consumer business, left two years ago so to, to go, go to out to go look for Moby Dick? Was what, what was he doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, this all started when Ishmael went... went Hunting the great white whale? Look, what? Call me Ishmael, okay? Yeah, I got that, David. He wants to do that, you know, best of times, worst of times, okay? Uh, yes, I know that uh, one. All right, so no, this you... is what's the problem here, is, is that these guys were going full speed ahead on the, chasing these small loans because they thought they could do it iteratively with, you know, 8 million customers. In the meantime, David, they had the best wealth management division on earth, and they decided to, I think, starve that division and give it to the division that makes... Do-it-yourself loans. Are we kidding? I mean, are they kidding? What, what, you're saying what? Stay in your lane? Well, I mean, they like had the most. They had the most profitable business on earth, which is this fantastic wealth management of rich people. And instead, they want to give a loan to a contractor for an HVAC system. Did you know Goldman's probably the best HVAC lender in the, in the earth? <laughs> and what do you guys do? I lend. I, I work for Goldman, and I'm right now doing um, uh, electricity. And I can put in if you want me to change filters. What the heck? Goldman Sachs. The Goldman Sachs. David. We, listen, hey, we talked do, do you a like great... Do you like ASEC or do you want Trex? David Solomon. Would you like ASEC or Trex? That's Windows, right? No, no, it's decking. Oh, decking, right. Windows would be Marvin or... Do they have a decking department at Goldman? They had this pristine... All right, all right. We talked a lot about this at the time for months when they made this... Pivot to consumer. Obviously, Blankfein is the one who started it and thought there but was a real business down, there. The double down. Solomon committed to it even more so. But why not just say you, you know love what? the Apple Card, by the way? You I were like, not. Mr. Apple Card. I said Card. it's going to cost five billion dollars. No. I didn't like the split. You are wrong. Really? I said the split. I remember was you bad. being really positive on that Apple Card. Two for major gold. banks decided to withdraw from the bidding there because Apple had Apple had none of the costs and all the gains. All right. I'm sure John Oliver's got the tape, so we can ask him. Oh, eventually we'll find the out. The Brioni. Yeah. I didn't even go Baconator today. I didn't even do that. The Brioni. Uh, mean, we're getting uh, some breaking news on manufacturing PMI. Let's get to Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hi. Well, we are definitely looking at 47.3. That's the February final for the S&P Global Manufacturing PMI. We'll have ISM PMIs later in the session. This makes the fifth under 50 in a row for this series. That is not a healthy sign for manufacturing. We could see that interest rates, well, they are definitely up across the board, reversing a bit of yesterday's slide. Pay close attention to Europe. We see that the ECB's terminal rate has moved higher in the market's eyes, and their currency is reflecting some of those higher interest rates. Don't touch that remote. Squawk on the street will return after a short break. We mentioned some of the China data at the top of the hour. Manufacturing PMI 
About the strongest in a decade here, 52.6. Non-manufacturing, 56.3. Macau revenue, Jim, up 33. 33%, really um, fabulous. And uh, you can see what's happening with the FXI and KWeb. We'll watch that with the Dow up 41 uh, to start March. Don't go anywhere. Given what the data that we've gotten in in the last month, which has been a very strong jobs report, higher inflation than we expected, I mean, these are concerning data points suggesting that we're not making progress as quickly as we would like. At the same time, we shouldn't overreact to one month's data, even if the data is troubling. So to me, whether 25 or 50 is less important than what the dots look like. And at this point, I have not decided what my dot is going to look like, but I lean towards continuing to raise further, that I would continue to push up my policy path. That's a Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari addressing the Sioux Falls Business CEO Summit a few moments ago. Jim says uh, doesn't want a recession, but slowing inflation is job one. Well, January was a red-hot month. No one expected in the Fed that it could be that hot. Every company, I, I, there are so few companies that did not have a red-hot inflationary month of January that I don't know what to say other than the fact he's dead right. I mean, uh, and that's not even counting what's happening in Europe. German CPI today at oh, 8.7. No, they, they should do 50 and get it over with. I mean, I, I, I'm just blown away by January. You, we got to get some cold numbers real soon. Because January, whether it be housing, whether it be auto sales, whether it be retail, it's just was amazing in this country. You think, it's, you think it's China's reopening at play here? Well, that only just hurts the case. Yeah. Um, what we saw was just a spending and traveling binge that we didn't think could happen, given the fact that the consumer's supposed to be out of money. That ain't happening. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Let's but get, it will. I mean, we did get right. this morning my stop tra- in my stop trading. Lowe's, the reason why it's down is because the, the you just got comments from the CFO that the consumer is ca- more cautious. They said that the first quarter comp sales are below the annual forecast. So there's, that, was, that was different from what I thought what they would say. That's, so that's now you, you have a different take on it? Well, I mean, I didn't know they lowered the, the no, CFO understood. Lowered the boom. Right. CFO lowered the boom six minutes ago. Explain again what the boom is for people. Well, the, you know, you didn't want to hear this consumer. You know, we thought that the cadence of spending was getting better. That's something that Marvin Ellison said. But this flies in the face of that, that if the consumer is getting more cautious, how do you think the spend is getting better? It's quizzical. I find it's quizzical, David. Well, that certainly comps. Uh, Kohl's would explain that down 6-6, oh, six, six, double I mean, miss. You, you got to be careful. When yeah. you're down 6-6, six, six, that's existential. You're going to you got to break that spiral because down 6-6 is then down 10-10. And I have seen this over and over again in retail. Once you breach that minus five comp store sales number, it is almost impossible to turn it around. Almost impossible. Yeah, once, once comps fall by that much. Yeah. Although Bed Bath, uh, or, sorry, Bath and Body Works did complete the interest payment on yeah. some of those senior notes. That's oh, it. we never mentioned the NVIDIA mixed shelf, which got some attention last night. Well, they can raise all the one. They can't, they can't make it as fast as they need it. They can't, and they've got, I don't know. Like David and I were talking to her. They, they could take the $10 billion and they're Remember, they're doing a new model. They're doing it. His, uh, AI his annual address is, is more important than March it's ever 21, been. March 21, it's going to be incredible. From Jensen Wong, where he sort of gives you the state I of the world. The, I got the exclusive. Can I come? No. Okay, I've got it. I've Benioff, got it. Tonight. Benioff tonight, which I don't know. I know you periodically mention Benioff. I've got him. Yeah, occasionally. Can, I, I, come gonna, that? How about, can I come to that? Yes. I was oh. going to do Ulta because Ulta's going to have a big lift after what I read yesterday about Target, but I'll do that. Dollar Tree surprised, and then it came up, even though it missed the numbers. It's a strange day, and we didn't even get to AMC where you can buy I your know. own AMC popcorn at Walmart. I know, David, you're going to be first in line at Walmart for that popcorn. You know I am. I'm going to have my popcorn watching you and Benioff. <laughs> 
We'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.